Well, we're uh, starting a new series, Anxiousless, and um, I had a friend of mine, he heard what I was going to call the series, and uh, he said, Damon, you know the word anxiousless is not a word, and uh, I'm like, I, I, I know, but it should be, and I'm a little bit anxious, but I think people will get it, so uh, yeah, there we go, but um, you know, the number one question, uh, especially over the past year that uh, people have asked is, how do you deal with anxiety? How do you deal with worry, fear? And the fact is, a lot of people are struggling with these emotions. And so what I want to say is this series is for anybody that might be a little bit heavy in their spirit, might be struggling a little bit. You know, it might be a kind of a nagging health issue. It might be the concern for an aging parent or your finances. Maybe maybe you're stressed out about uh, one of your children or some of the decisions they're making. You know, maybe you're looking at the future and there's just a lot of uncertainty. And so that fear kind of overwhelms you at times. And so if you are even remotely interested and living anxious-less in your life. I believe this series is for you. And I want to I encourage you, um, you know, this is a good opportunity if you know someone that maybe could benefit from the series to invite them. Now, I don't think you go to them and go, hey, you seem really anxious, you ought to come to our church. Uh, but um, that might make them anx- more anxious. But uh, what I've come to realize is that because people are struggling more these days, I believe people are more open to an invitation because people are searching. They're looking for answers in their life. And so uh, in this series, I believe that God will take our, our concerns and calm our worries, calm our fears. And the fact is, as we cast our cares on the Lord, I believe we can live anxiousless. You know, with God, all things are possible. I'm always reminded of that. You know, the Apostle Paul, he understood this. Uh, Paul, Paul's in prison. He has appealed his case to Rome. Paul doesn't know how long he's going to be in prison. He doesn't know if he'll be freed or if he's going to be executed. Paul does not know how things are going to turn out. And it's in that kind of situation that you would expect that Paul would be worrying, that he'd be fearful, that he would be a little bit anxious. But under the, the influence and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul would pen these words, and this is kind of the basis for this series. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I was uh, talking recently to a good, close pastor friend of mine. And I could sense early in the conversation that he was kind of struggling. 
And so I just asked him, I said, hey, what's going on? And uh, he said he was experiencing a lot of anxiety in his life. And in fact, he said the anxiety had gotten so bad that there were times he found it very difficult to, to breathe. And he talked about just feeling overwhelmed sometimes and that he found it was affecting him as a leader, that he was finding it very difficult to, to lead his congregation. Anxiousness, it was around him. And it's interesting because he said he knew intellectually that it made no sense at all, but that he felt he was kind of at the end of his rope. And we kind of talked about that for a while. The fact is, anxiety, fear, worry are real. And there's something that, that all of us struggle with from time to time. We live in a time of uncertainty and chaos. And the fact is, God is near And if you seek God, if you pray, if you talk to God about those worries and those fears and those struggles, God will guard your heart and your mind. It's a promise from God. The Holy Spirit will whisper to you once in a while, do not be anxious about anything. When God is near, it is possible to live anxiousness. You know, a while back, uh, our series Crazy, you might remember we talked about the, the prophet Elijah, and I want to talk about him again today, cover some similar material, but uh, again, Elijah, you remember he was well known for facing off against the 850 false prophets on Mount Carmel, and Elijah prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, And he prayed that God would bring fire down from heaven. And God not only sent fire from heaven, but gave him the ability to defeat all these false prophets. And it's really an amazing victory. But I want to look at things from a different perspective today. And so we're going to do a little rewind and and look at it from the beginning. Elijah was called by God. He was called to confront the the king at the time, who was very evil, Ahab. And he was to confront him about his sins. And then Elijah prophesied that there would be a drought. And there would be a drought throughout Israel. And that the drought, until God said differently, would this drought would maintain. And that Elijah was to go into hiding at that point. And so... If you read scripture for three years, Elijah's in hiding. He's out in the desert. God's providing him food and and water in a miraculous way. God said no, no rain until Ahab's turned from his evil, evil ways. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. Can, can you imagine the significant impact of a three-year drought. I mean, it's severe. The, the nation's agricultural community is hemorrhaging. It, it played havoc on, on their economy. And, and so the, Ahab, he's kind of dealing with all, all this, dealing with the drought. And then, then you got the defeat up on Mount Carmel. And 
so Ahab's dealing with this stuff the best he could. He seemed to be navigating. But Jezebel, she's the queen. She's enraged. She's furious. And so she steps in. And she sends the Israeli army, you know, send, sends them to, to kill Elijah. And so Elijah, he kind of freaks out and he makes some mistakes. And this is the part we talked about a little bit. But I think they're mistakes that you and I tend to make when we get in these situations. When, when Elijah learns that she's after him, he, he kind of breaks down and he spirals and he goes into this deep depression. A lot of anxiety in his life. Scripture says Elijah was afraid, fled for his life. He took his servants and went to Beersheba in Judah. Leaving the servant there, Elijah walked a whole day into the wilderness. He stopped and sat down in the shade of a tree and wished he would die. It's too much, Lord. Take my life. I might as well be dead. See, I want you to think about how irrational this is. She threatens to kill him. I get that. He crumbles. You know, it, it's too much. I, I can't stand it anymore. You know, the, the future's bleak. You know, I, I, I'm done with all of this. I give up, and he just collapses. And I know some of you, just hearing those words, you can kind of identify with that. You know, I can't take it anymore. I've done what I can, I give up. It's just too hard. And I'm trying to pay the bills. If one more thing breaks, I'm going to break. You know, for some of you, it's a relationship maybe. You've been trying and trying and trying. You're sacrificing, but you get nothing back. You're weary, tired. It's just too much. It's easy to think that, isn't it? I mean, some of you, it's your schedule. You know, you work and you work and you work, and it keeps piling up. Your job keeps demanding more and more and more. And the kids want more and more and more. And you look at the situation. You think, there's not enough of me to go around. I just can't do it anymore. Friends, many times, when you find yourself in a situation where you can't catch your breath, you're overwhelmed, you feel like it's just, it's just too much, had it, give up, if you backtrack and take a look at things, you find you made this mistake. You know, see, we, we tend to overextend ourselves, true? We, we tend to run ourselves into the ground. It's exactly what Elijah did. You know, I'm sure Elijah w was spent. Th think about it. For physically and emotionally... He's been living out in the desert. He's been under distress for three years. Think about that. It's a long time. He, he just defeated 850 prophets by himself, by the way. And now Jezebel's threatening him. 
then he runs for his life. And it's, it's interesting because if you carefully read Scripture, he ran 100 miles. That, that's four marathons. You know, he's running and running and running and running. He's not stopping. He's afraid. And so he is completely and totally exhausted at this point. And friends, when you are exhausted, when you're worn out, I will tell you, you are the most susceptible to anxiety in your life. When you're tired, you're more anxious. They go hand in hand. You, you show me someone with a lot of anxiety, and I will show you somebody that's usually very tired. Some of you, you struggle. Some of you are in a season that, that's full of anxiety. But here's the truth. You landed there partially, partially, all right? I want to be careful here. But partially because you overextend yourself. You're exhausted. And my point, this is just my point here, anxiety is amplified by tiredness. It just is. Elijah, he he runs himself into the ground. He's exhausted. And then he makes a second mistake that many people make, and that is he begins to shut people out. He left everyone. He got out in the desert totally by himself, you know. His closest companion says, you stay here. I'm going out there. And so he's hurting. He's struggling. And the problem with that is he's alone. It's not that he's struggling. That's not the problem. The fact is he's alone in this. He's dealing with and assessing everything in isolation. And he comes to the conclusion, it's too much. Friends, you get alone during tough times? Well, good luck. You you hardly stand a chance because the weight is too much for a person by themselves. Alone, you are incomplete. You are lacking. You know, Christ followers, I say this all, all the time. We need each other. We need each other, especially during difficulties. I, I think that's what made the, the pandemic so hard. It's people isolated. You know, we need each other. Elijah makes a major mistake, and he leaves everyone behind, goes out into the desert by himself. He isolates himself, and then it, it further amps his anxiety because he begins to make the mistake of exaggerating everything. When you get alone and you look at your problems, they become bigger than they are. You, you fixate on the negative, and you play it over and over and over in your mind, and you'll come to the conclusion, well, I might as well be dead. I might as well give up. This is too much. And that's easy to do when things aren't going well. I can't stand this job. Nothing in my life is right. I'll, I'll never see a better day. I'll always struggle. You know, I'll always be broke. I'll never get ahead. Nobody, nobody understands me. It's just too much. 
See, Elijah, he's, he's exhausted. He's isolated. He's exaggerating things. And it's messing with him. But he makes one more mistake, and this is a, this is a big one. He discounts and forgets God. Forgets God's power. He forgets God's provision. He forgets God's promises. He forgets God's protection that's been on him. You know, when you, when you struggle, when you hit the wall, our, our tendency is to forget God. And, and, and if we don't just forget God totally, we usually start discounting God's ability in our situation. Now, Jesus reminds us, says he looked at him intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But what? Uh, Sound like a question there. With God, everything is possible. Everything. Doesn't say some things. Everything is possible. And here's what strikes me when when I read the story of Elijah. God had been active in Elijah's life every step of the way. For years, God had been there, had been working every single step. God was present. God was visible. God had been faithful. God had provided for him over and over and over throughout his life. And yet Elijah did what we do many times. Elijah seems to have forgotten that God's really powerful. And I think it's easy to do, especially when you're you're dealing with a lot of stuff, you know, dealing with more than one thing in your life. You You know how this goes, right? Something happens, right? And we get a little stressed. Oh, wasn't good. Then something else happens, and we get more stressed, more anxious, and, and then something else happens, and there, there's more stress, and then pretty soon we got fear. And even though things we're, we're juggling with, and we got all this worry and all this fear, what happens is finally we, we get into anxiousness. And before you know it, you are overwhelmed because it piles up. See, Elijah knew God was able. He'd seen it throughout his life. God had performed miracle after miracle. Elijah, just hearing his own name, was a reminder of God. You know, in the Hebrew, Elijah means, my God is Yahweh. Every time he heard his name, God is God. God is powerful. You know, it carries the idea in the Hebrew of God is my breath my source, my strength, my sustainer. God is with me. See, God is in the midst. Elijah knows that God is near, yet he falls apart. And it's interesting how God responds. I I love it when when you read the story. God God is speaking to Elijah, and, and he meets him in his need. He's out in the desert. He's hiding out. He's afraid. And God goes, 
what are you doing here? What are you doing here? In the middle of nowhere, all alone, why? And then God instructs Elijah to go and stand on the mountain. He says, I'm going to pass by in a little bit. It says this. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came fire, but God was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. The wind howls. Everything's shifting. God was not there. The earth shook. And it's quaking. And God was not in the earthquake. And then the, the fires rage. And God was not in the fire. But God was in a gentle whisper. God was in the breath. The Lord was near. Some of you are stressed. You're worried, afraid, anxious. The fact is, some of you are hurting. You're afraid and overwhelmed. And you wonder, you know, why doesn't God speak loudly in my life? Why? Elijah was wondering that. So after everything, wind and the fire and the earthquake, he says, God, why are you whispering? Why, Lord, why are you whispering? Because I'm close. I'm close. Friends, God whispers all close. God whispers so that you move in close to him. You, you draw near to God and God draws near to you. You know, the Lord is near. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. I am with you to the end of the age, Jesus says. Paul, Paul would say it this way. He would say, for I am convinced that that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. In, the, in this series, we're, we're going to build on the possibility that we can live anxious less. You know, when things spin, and they will, when things are chaotic, and they will be sometimes, you need to do a little assessment, get a pulse on things initially. You need to recognize that maybe you're a little bit overextended. Maybe you're exhausted. You know, in seasons of worry and fear, you know, getting your proper rest, it's, it's vital to your mental health many times. The fact is, you got got to work at it. You got to stay connected. You 
can't uh, get sidetracked here and do it alone. You know, you've got to resist that temptation to pull away. Because that is the instinct in us. And, And the evil one would love for you to do that. Because if he can isolate you, guess what? He can manipulate you and get you to fixate on the negative and exaggerate things. You need good, God-honoring people around you, friends that you can talk to, that they, they can help you stay grounded, that can encourage you and love you and say, you know, I know that's how you feel, but and remind you of reality around you. Now, I do not pretend anxiety, as I've been studying over the last few months especially, a very complicated issue, very complicated. And my plan is that we'll get into detail through this series. But today, what I want you to understand is just one simple truth. Whatever you are struggling with, wherever you're worried or have fear or you feel that anxiety in you, Whatever it is, God is with you. God is near you. He is by your side. And yes, the winds may be shifting things in your life. Things may be changing. It's not how it used to be. You may feel like you're, you're, you're under you the ground shaking and everything's falling apart. You may be putting out one fire after another. You just feel like one thing happens and then something else and then something else and then something else. Pause. Take a breath and hear the whisper of God. Hear the whisper of God's Holy Spirit saying, I am close. See, God is near. God is my breath. With God, it's possible to live anxious less in your life. You know, with God, all things are possible. All things. See, that's why, that's why Paul, sitting in prison, not knowing if he's going to get out, not knowing if he's going to get released or be executed, it's why he can write those powerful, powerful words. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, what? Rejoice. I mean, how's that possible? Because the Lord's near. You know, why does God whisper? Because he's close to you. He's up close. He's a personal God. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God And if we do that, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, that's a promise from God. I find it interesting. uh, Elijah, his greatest fear, he was afraid that Jezebel was going to kill him. He was afraid of death. And most people miss this part because we tend to not read the whole story. And if you go to uh, 2 Kings, it says Elijah is walking with Elisha. That was his protege. And they're walking along. 
and we're told that the sky opens up and a chariot from heaven sweeps down and takes him off the planet. He doesn't die. He's taken straight to heaven. Elijah was anxious about something that never happened. Now, you may be going, well, I'm a little anxious about death. Well, I can't guarantee you a chariot exit, okay? That's just probably not going to happen. But the vast majority of things that we worry about and fret about never happen. Sometimes it does happen, but it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. And sometimes you face really rough times in your life. It feels like chaos. Whatever the situation, whatever it is, God is near and God is faithful. God will never leave you or forsake you. God is your breath, your strength, your source. God is close. God is near. Friends, God is here today. So whatever the trial, the situation, no matter how much fear or anxiety or doubts you might have, I truly, truly believe that it's possible to experience the peace of God. Doesn't make sense. The fact is it transcends all human understanding. But it's possible to be anxious less in your life. Why? Because God's near. God's near. You know, why are you whispering, God? Listen. Listen very carefully. God's Holy Spirit says, because I'm close. That's why. Friends, God's close. That situation, I don't discount it. It's a struggle. It'll get your equilibrium sometimes. But I'm absolutely, positively, no, God is close. But you've got to take a breath and listen. Let, let's stand for a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God, we praise you. We rejoice even in the midst of struggles. God, I don't know what worries are out there, what fears. I don't know where people's anxiety is. But God, I know you're close to them. God, I pray your Holy Spirit would whisper, remind them that you're by their side. 
God, we thank you for your promises. God, I pray that uh, all of us would uh, be mindful and that we would see those around us that are struggling, that are going through something that they, God, we wouldn't let them go alone. We got to travel into the desert to be with them, that we'd do that. God, help us to remember your bias. Help us to remind those that are struggling that for us to be encouragement to them, to remind them that you're by their side, that you see what's going on. God, we thank you in the midst of struggle that it's possible to experience your peace. God, we thank you for all things. We give you glory with all we say and do. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God's people said, let's worship together.